I am so blessed today because I have so many friends in AA and being adopted, I knew that I was different. I knew from day one I didn't fit. And now I fit. I fit. Beautiful. I heard it through the grapevine. Welcome. It's the AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour, featuring the collective voices of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm Don, an alcoholic in Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Don. Hey, everybody. I'm Sam, an alcoholic in Palm Springs, California. Sam, where you been? Dude, I went to Prasa. Prasa? Prasa. That kind of sounds like an antacid. Yeah, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> if you'll recall, a few episodes ago, we had Lauren A. on, yeah. and Lauren talked about the Pacific Region Alcoholics Anonymous Service Assembly. Ah. And I decided to go to it. A long weekend in uh, L.A. at the LAX Marriott. Had you ever been to anything like this? I've been to a sharing session on the East Coast mm-hmm. uh, that was held in Virginia at one point. And that was a long weekend. So it was kind of the same thing, but different. What was so super cool is that people who are in general service are the ones that are attracted to this type of conference. Mm-hmm. And so it was a whole bunch of service nerds there. And we had a really good time. And it was a lot. I mean, we filled up the ballroom of that hotel. So it's like Pacific region, like five states or six yeah, states? Yeah, I mean, it's like Idaho and stuff, too, which I'm like, oh, well, I guess that is kind of close to the Pacific. <laughs> I didn't know. But I had an absolutely wonderful time. Got there on Friday and just kind of jumped in and instantly was like, okay, yeah, these are my people on yet another level. What was going on with you inside that you feel like, you know, you really got something out of this? I think, first of all, it was community. It was a sense of connectedness. The experience that I had at Ikipa was a little different for me because a lot of that was me spent in a room as a representative of the Grapevine podcast doing interviews. For the Young People's Conference. Correct. Held last year in uh, New Orleans. This I went to for me. Mm -hmm. I did not go as a representative of the Grapevine podcast, but I did take my trusty little microphone with me. Oh, good. Because, you know, it's an opportunity. I see. And so what goes on at Prasa? There were lots of panels, all types of people talking about various parts of general service, open mic sharing sessions where people in the audience are coming up and sharing their reflections on what they've heard or other things that they want to hear something about or have heard. Mm-hmm. Then there were roundtables, which were these two or two and a half hour long, kind of like this information sharing brainstorming thing wow. on a one particular topic. And I went both times to the Grapevines roundtable sessions, Friday night and Saturday afternoon. And really enjoyed hearing what people had to say about Grapevine and how they can get people interested in submitting stories to the Grapevine and active in doing the Grapevine representation that it's not just a magazine anymore. That was a big thing. I was going to ask you, what did you learn that was surprising from that roundtable? How many people don't know that the Grapevine is not just a magazine? Mm -hmm. I got to go back to that. There's an 
old phrase used about the grapevine, calling it our meeting in print. Right. That has been retired. It's now the International Journal of Alcoholics Anonymous. But our meeting in print continues to be a beloved descriptor of the grapevine mm -hmm. that most people only think of the magazine now. So moving that perception to where people are more informed as to what all the grapevine encompasses, including the app that's coming up in the fall. I'm excited about that. Yes. There's an awful lot of content that is grapevine that is not just the magazine. There's a lot of cool features. Oh, that's great. Well, I have enjoyed listening to what we're going to play, which are some interviews you did with people at Prasa. And you got into some depth about sobriety there with these folks. It was a great time sitting down with these folks for these little hallway interviews, some of whom I just grabbed and said, come over here into the corner. Let's talk. Hey, Don, how do I send Grapevine a donation? Since the Grapevine is self-supporting, we don't sell ad space in our magazines, on our website, or in our podcast. Grapevine doesn't even accept donations from AA members. What? If you want to support Grapevine, visit aagrapevine.org slash store. So we have five interviews today, and I'm going to play three. Good evening. My name is Joe. I'm an alcoholic. My sobriety date is June 1, 2017. My home group is Shakers in Glendale, California. You were just telling me how tempting it is to just roll out of bed and go to a meeting online, but you don't let yourself do that all the time. What's up there? The reason I don't is because for the last three years, because of COVID, we have found that our live meetings in the building are packed with newcomers. Okay. We have about eight regulars. They have a lot of sponsees. <laughs> and because we need fresh blood in AA constantly uh -huh. to keep us sober, being a service. My whole life, it was all about me and what I wanted and mm. what I accomplished and look at what I won and look what I got. And now in sobriety, I have to give it away if I want to keep it. And they kept come, telling me to come back, so I would. And I've been doing it now for eight years, even though I have five and a half years of sobriety, I still went when I did go out uh -huh. and I was sober for 18 months and took a drink on Christmas day on okay. purpose. So I started counting over. Okay. Our senior center has a AA meeting on Friday nights at 6.30. All right. Because I went to my manager when I first moved there, and I told him what it was all about. And if we didn't have one, I wanted to start one. Okay. And he informed me then that there's one across the street on Friday nights at 6.30. <laughs> That's awesome. And my problem is... Zoom is easy. When I first came into the rooms, they told me it was a family disease that you can be genetically predisposed mm -hmm. to alcoholism. Mm -hmm. I come from a family, all four of his children are adopted. 
Okay. All four of us children are addicts and alcoholics. Interesting. I'm the only one in recovery. My brother died a meth addict in a hotel room two hours away from my parents, and they didn't know it for 38 years. That's what alcoholism does to families. It tears us apart. I have two siblings I cannot speak with for my own safety. Okay. And my family understands. My mom was shocked. She kept wondering when I was going to get sober. When I told her I got sober, she goes, I was waiting for one the time was. I didn't even know she thought I had a problem. The things that I learned in AA is we get here when we get here. Sometimes we get a nudge from the judge. Uh But however we get here, thank God we got here. I wake up every day. I say my prayers. I make my bed. And I do a meeting. Because I'm an early riser. I grew up on a dairy farm. I helped my dad milk cows. Okay. So by 9 o'clock, my day is, I got most of it done. (laughs) So the rest of my day, because I'm a retired senior now, I can spend helping others. Wonderful. So uh, what what area number is that? I'm in Area 5. Area 5. Okay. Uh And we are hosting, tonight we're sitting here at Prasa. Yep which is Pacific Region Alcoholics Anonymous Service Assembly, where all of us service people, GSRs and DCMs, district committee members, all meet and learn more about service from the other eight states that are the Pacific Region. (laughs) And it is so interesting because I meet all these cool people. And now when I travel, I can go any state and I know somebody in AA. Hi, my name is Andrea. I'm an alcoholic from Sparks, Nevada. So we're hanging out here at Prasa. The reason you caught my eye is because you're the grapevine and stuff like that. And um, I really enjoy uh, grapevine meetings. They're really exciting, you know. In 2012, that made me have a realization because a woman had written a story in the grapevine. It was called Mommy Drunkest. And it was a woman just splashed out on the floor in a dress with her hands on the floor and her face on the floor and I could recognize myself as that mom where before I was the mom that could always keep it together you know I could always scoop my life back together until I had crossed that invisible line into alcoholism you know before I was just a heavy drinker you know that's where I found some hope um, was in those AA meetings when nobody else cared that, you know, I had 60 days. I still have the chip. It, all the writing's worn off and the hole's broken. I still have that 60-day chip. And I'd say, no one cares. You know, my family still won't talk to me. Let it on. Nobody cares that I have 60 days. And, you know, a friend from the fellowship said, we care. That's what we're here for. And it's true. That's We do care. You know, we can't stop anyone from drinking and... um. I hear my youngers, um, they believe it's a choice, you know, but until you're clear of of that king alcohol, until you're cleared of that, you don't have a choice. It's imperative that upon awakening, we tap into the sunlight of the spirit is what we call it in this program. We go with that. Hi, my name is Andrea D. My sobriety date is February 7th. 2020. 
and so I just turned three. Fantastic. And my home group is 8,000 Sunset, and then my second home group is Boundaries and Butt Cheeks. <laughs> I love it. So we do this thing called What's in a Name, where we talk about groups with cool names. We might have to have a conversation about that. Well, it's very simple. If you have good boundaries, you can relax your butt cheeks. <laughs> If nothing else, we're using that. <laughs> That's great. What do you think about the plain language translation of the big book? I think it is incredible. And I have to say that I personally am a huge reader. Having said that though, I also understand that not everybody loves to read. And I think that it is very important to make the AA Big Book accessible to as many people as possible in as many formats as possible. And I think that the only way to do that is to bring it to a level that is accessible to as many people as possible. And that is just simply not the case today. Um, the language in some cases is Dated, antiquated, and sexist would be my best three terms to use. So what does the translation, it's not replacement for folks who think that we're getting rid of the original text, we are not. Right. Um, what would that do for your recovery and how you work with people? It would allow me to bring a translation to people who could read it in their own voice. Do you understand yes. what I'm saying? And so I don't speak like they write in the big book. Right. Nobody speaks like that Pretty anymore. much not anymore. Right? Yeah. I speak with the, hey, how's it going? How are you? What's up? What's happening? Uh -huh. And, you know, I use the language of today. And so it would allow me to bring the language of today to my discussions with the people that I'm trying to bring a big book to. It's great to meet Joe and Andrea sharing their stories of transformation. Andrea talks about the plain language edition of the big book. It's in the works, and the first five chapters, I believe, are going to be reviewed at this year's conference in April. I've heard a bit of misunderstanding about the plain language edition of the big book, and you address that, Sam. It's not to replace the big book. Right. It is another of the many, many, many translations of the big book. It's just not into another language. It's into a plain English language version. So it'll be an additional piece of literature. Exactly. Okay, now let's join PJ and Matt. I'm PJ. I'm an alcoholic from Idaho Area 18, and I use they, them pronouns. Is there something particularly notable to you that has come into your life or come back into your life? I realized I don't have to be like my sister. That has been an amazing freedom for me. I'm, I realized one of my character defects was perfectionism. Part of that perfectionism was that I was chronically living up to this perfect younger sister that I'd always had. 
she she was always still in the show more popular <laughs> more better looking than i was she was she was amazing in every respect and still is but i don't have to be her today are you telling me that you are like amazing in your own respects i do but more than that it doesn't have to be about being amazing today i can just be me and that's enough when you got up this morning what was the first thing on your mind 11 on awakening we consider our plans for the day if i don't consider those plans then i go into a chaotic frenzied state it's possible to find any peace or relaxation or to just be myself i am fallible in every way so of course there are days when i wake up and i've i've slept in and i'm in a hurry and i throw off the covers and run and, and it's a chaotic day from it but how do you recover well i pause i have like an imaginary pause button on my hand i'm thinking of getting it tattooed there honestly I'm, that's cool and i touch it like a pause button and i take a deep breath and then i untouch the pause button and then resume activity but i do it with a completely different perspective what a cool tool now is that your own creation did you learn that from someone I don't know. It's, okay, so in AA, know? everything is recycled, but Absolutely. if you say it three times, it's yours. Okay, I'll, I'll continue saying it then. <laughs> <laughs> PJ, is there something that's on your mind that you want to share? There are a lot of changes going on in Alcoholics Anonymous right now, and that can be scary and uncertain for all of us. Mm -hmm. It can be exciting for all of us as well. But I think that we all, whether we're scared or excited, need to take a step back and infuse our higher power into that. And remember that that's what it's about. I remember someone made a point to me, are you afraid or are you excited? It really can be a confusing place for a lot of us. Well, it shows up all the time in my day-to-day -day relationships because people say things in, in the fellowship and I sometimes find myself disagreeing. I have to remember behind that is fear. So remembering the fear is there and acknowledging that it's there is the first step. Once I've done that, it's all in my higher power's hands. It's that four step fear prayer and I try to make myself of use to my higher power at that point. I'm not always good at it, but I try. <laughs> Anything else you wanna share with us? Just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> okay deal only if you keep doing what you're doing too absolutely all right it's on all right cool uh, my name is matt i'm an alcoholic i'm from santa cruz california sobriety date is september 28th 2016. what was the first thing that hit your mind this morning oh man i don't know if that's gonna make me look very good um, <laughs> <laughs> i tend to wake up with a lot of chaos Okay. My mind. Yeah. Uh, on my best days, I remember to sort of take a deep breath and ask a higher power that I still don't really understand to sort of take the reins for me. I have a extremely full life now <laughs> between service commitments that I love that I that get to take me to places like this and, mm -hmm. and um, I get opportunities to meet new people and share my experience and all that, which is really great. 
you know, because of sobriety and, and the steps, I have a relationship with my family and friends and romantic partner and, and all that, which I had pretty neatly destroyed when I was drinking. And, and I'm, I'm also a, a full-time student and part-time teacher. I, I was able to get my bachelor's degree and I'm now a PhD student. And so I, I have this incredible full life there's a phrase in our literature, pack into the stream of life. Exactly. It sounds like you've packed it. Yeah. And, and it's real, real easy. You know, I've been sober for a, a little over six years. And it's real easy to forget the basic stuff that gave me this full life. Right? What's the basic stuff? Going to a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous oh, and okay. just being a drunk. Uh-huh. Picking up the phone. All the sort of fundamentals. Um, talk to a few drunks every day. Look for ways to be helpful to them. And like I said at the beginning, none of this is going to make me look good, but it's true. I have found that my ego can sort of take over. You know, like you said, we're at Prasa, and I have fancy letters after my name now because, ah. you know, the beauty of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and this program is I've, I've gotten to be trusted with these service positions. And, and it's easy for my ego to start to use service as its own sort of drug. Ah, okay. I like attention. <laughs> I like being applauded. Right. My sponsor tells me all the time, do the service that no one's going to clap for. Like what? Like finding someone who looks like they're maybe a little lost and sitting down next to them and asking them how they're doing. You know, show up a little early and set up some chairs. Like all, all these things that I did sort of automatically when I was new because I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Right. Having something to do like getting there early, setting up chairs, picking up people's empty coffee cups, all that stuff. Um, that really got me out of myself. Yeah. It can just be so easy to forget that all those little things work. So when not being right-sized yeah. shows up, what do you do in that moment? That's a good question. Um, one of the things I've always sort of struggled with is this working on building a relationship with a higher power. I came into Alcoholics Anonymous absolutely convinced that Alcoholics Anonymous wouldn't work for me because all I knew about it was that there was a lot of talk about God. Okay. And I was not interested in that. I was convinced that not only was I an agnostic, but that you people didn't even really know what an agnostic was. <laughs> uh, this is sounding a little familiar to me. Right? Relating. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. And like the, the chapter on we agnostics sort of solidified that for me. I have a former sponsor who is an Episcopal priest, uh -huh. and we used to sit in Whole Foods yeah. and read the big book together. Yeah. And when we would get to, to we agnostics, yeah. he always finished it with, were wrong <laughs> jokingly yeah 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 and i mean that's that's really the vibe i got from that chapter and so i i am really grateful for sponsors who let me move gently through that mm -hmm. it's so cheesy all the all the lines that i sort of hated when i got here about like oh just act as if pretend fake it till you make it i just i they were cheesy but i did them anyway because i was miserable right and so pretty early on i was like okay i don't know what's going on i don't know what my higher power is or what it looks like i'm not sure i understand it completely but i i can no longer s explain all this stuff through coincidence so to get back to your actual question of what i do when i start to feel not right sized at my best i'm able to take a step back the third step prayer is my go-to prayer i didn't grow up really learning how to pray and i like the third step prayer mm -hmm. i take out the like thighs and thous and i just replace <laughs> it with like normal some current language yeah okay. exactly um a quick, and I mean quick, meditation of, you know, just some box breathing, quick, you know, deep breaths in and out, and a request to my higher power to take take the decision-making out of my hands, please. <laughs> Love it. I mean, I'm hearing you pause. Yeah. yeah. 
Very cool. Yeah. So what is something that has happened in recent days or weeks that you, you may have caught yourself really using the program? So I'm from Santa Cruz, California. It recently became necessary for me to move. And that was a good thing. I'm moving in with said romantic partner. And they live up in the mountains a little bit above campus. Folks may or may not know that uh, in the last couple of weeks in Santa Cruz, we have gotten feet of snow. <laughs> Multiple feet, Multiple of, feet snow. of snow. Which doesn't happen. <laughs> and so anywhere in the country where this is expected, it would not be that big a deal. But we don't have any of the infrastructure in place for it. Right. It was this sort of already a little bit chaotic and stressful event of having to move, right? No one really enjoys moving. Um, but it was moving with the added complication of snow and power outages and no no heat in the house that I was moving into. I'm kind of guessing you might have been a little stressed. There's a little bit of stress, a little bit of powerlessness. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a lot of obsessively checking the weather app, trying to find the perfect window for when there would be the least amount of rain or snow. And this sort of process that we've been talking about of having to like remind myself to take a deep breath. I didn't choose for there to be rain. I didn't choose for there to be snow. And I don't get to choose for there to not be rain or snow. I don't get to choose for there to be a quote unquote better time for me to do the thing that I have to do, which is to take the action that is in front of me to do the, the responsible thing and move my earthly belongings <laughs> into the place they are. And it was a pain. And I kept catching myself fighting it of, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And everything for me comes down to identifying the things that I'm actually powerless over and then giving that part up and moving forward with the stuff that I do have some influence and control over. It's really a matter of being aware because without having that awareness, then I have no choice. Yeah. You know, just acting blindly. Yeah. This was a, a massive milestone in my life. I'm, this is the first time I've ever lived with a romantic partner. And so we're moving in together. And I get to choose whether I am going to make this process miserable for myself and focus on all the things that are going wrong and that are difficult about it, mm -hmm. or whether I get to be excited. That's fantastic. Yeah. Matt, is there anything on your mind that you'd like to share? It's been such a cool experience. You know, this was the first time I've gotten to have this really cool opportunity to be a panel presenter at PRASA. And it was such a cool topic of a society of alcoholics in action. It gave me the opportunity to think about, I don't always know what my action is supposed to look like. You know, especially at PRASA, there's so much talk about service and general service. And, and I was able to remind myself that one of the most important pieces of service that I can do is to try to make myself relatable to another alcoholic. When we tell each other our stories and remind each other that this thing works, you do belong. There may be certain aspects that feel exclusionary and that one of the most important things we can do is to make our shared solution as relatable and available to as many different alcoholics as possible. I walked into my first meeting of AA absolutely convinced it wouldn't work for me. I left that meeting feeling just a little bit of a glimmer of maybe just maybe there's something here for me. And at my second meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, the chairperson made me laugh, which when you have a week sober, right, is a miracle because <laughs> yes. nothing's ever going to be funny ever again. Yeah. And I was so grateful to that man. And I, I walked up to him afterwards and I said, hey, I'm new. You talked a lot about steps and the book and I don't, how do I even get that? Like what, how does this work? How do I do this? He asked me if I had a sponsor. 
And I said no. And he pointed at a guy standing in the corner wearing a green shirt and said, go talk to that guy and tell him you need a sponsor. That guy turned out uh, we had met 10 years ago before either of us had ever even considered getting sober. And we're good friends today. He introduced me to my first sponsor. And the magic happens when one alcoholic talks to another. Everything else that we are doing here is about helping keep that alive. Thank you. Oh, wow, Sam, I love PJ's idea of a tattoo pause button on their hand. It's a cool one, isn't it? You want to get matching ones? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great idea. <laughs> the whole idea of like some sort of object lesson type of thing that, you know, caused me to physically pause. You know, I used to do that with my truck. I was listening to Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, Buddhist, Tick not Don. <laughs> Definitely not Don. And <laughs> he talked about the bell of mindfulness. They ring all throughout the day at random times. So that whenever you hear the bell, you just stop and pause, let go, come back to the present moment, which is exactly what we do in AA. We pause when agitated. We need to be pausing all throughout the day. So he said, you can make anything your bell of mindfulness. I'm a house painter, and I was always going in and out of the houses that I worked in and to the truck. So I made the truck my bell of mindfulness. And <laughs> all throughout the day, I'd walk to the truck and go, oh, let go. It was good for me. I love that. So your pause button that you're going to tattoo right there between your forefinger and your thumb is going to be a little truck. It'll be a little truck. I just, oh, look, you got a nice little truck on your hand. Absolutely. I think that's fantastic. I also like the way Matt shared exactly how it is to live sober. I really enjoyed sitting down and talking with all these folks at Prosa. It was such a fantastic treat to get that instant connection that as alcoholics, we get to have. We get to get the small talk out of the way and jump right into the meat of the conversation because we already know each other. We just don't know the details. That's right. It's like hanging out in the coffee shop, except you and I have microphones. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's time for listener feedback. The listener feedback, not feedback, feedback. Oh, this is where we get to hear from our listeners. Maybe on another episode, we'll have a feedback and we'll have an opportunity to feed our listeners. <laughs> well, here's one from Rebecca, a listener in Germany that called in the message, but the sound quality was such that we couldn't use it. But thankfully, we were able to discern what was being said. <laughs> so here it is in the dulcet tones of sound. Hello, Sam and Don. I just wanted to say today is a sad day. As I was getting ready to walk my dog, I clicked on the Grapevine podcast to only realize I've listened to them all. I'm all caught up. Aww. Aww. I'm early in my new sobriety, four months and 28 days to be exact. Woohoo! And your podcast was one of the things that kept me going on those really hard days. And no, I wasn't crying while walking my dog while listening. Anyhow, thank you and keep up the good work. Can't wait for Monday. Rebecca, thank you so much for calling in and congratulations on your time. That's fantastic. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks for listening and thanks for calling in. We also got a call from Trevor in New Brunswick, Canada. 
Trevor says he likes to listen while driving. I always like to hear, where are people listening to the podcast? Well, he's driving around listening to us. Who knows <laughs> what most people are doing? Sam and I both lit up at hearing your kind words. Surely did. Okay, Don, now you are in the doghouse. Uh-oh. Not me this time. Jimmy W. writes, First and most important, thank you for all the work done to create such an excellent podcast. It is outstanding. Here it comes, Don. Are you ready? I'm ready. In Season 4, Episode 10, mention was made of amends and the ninth step. Don shared the step with listeners as made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. An honest error for sure, and one I couldn't help offering a friendly ribbing about. I mean, given the opportunity, some of us might think that whenever possible means when will never come. Thanks again to Don and Sam and the rest of the crew that works behind the scenes to deliver this great service. I think Bill is smiling on this fine example of using the colossus of modern communication unselfishly <laughs> and quite well. <laughs> Your laughing made me go Southern. <laughs> quite well. <laughs> Yours in love and service, Jimmy W. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's whenever. I did mess that up, Jimmy. Next time, I'm going to avoid the chance of error altogether. And I'll just share the short form of step eight that I heard at a meeting in Colorado from a guy. He said, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and asked God to remove them. <laughs> now tell me, Don, did you meditate this morning? <laughs> I did. All right. I like Could the it... short form, but I don't think it works. <laughs> And now we have a call from Taylor referring back to Season 4, Episode 9, The God of Our Experience. Hi, guys. My name is Taylor. I am an alcoholic and an addict from Roanoke, Virginia. I'm calling because I was just listening to your episode where you interviewed the clergy member. And I loved the episode so much. But there was something that, you know, I just wanted to share my own experience. My drug of choice for the last six months of my active alcoholism and addiction was heroin. And I got clean and sober in AA. My experience has been most of the stories that people share can apply to either thing. And it's a spiritual sickness that speaks feeling different from, you know, life on life's terms. And in my experience, it just hasn't mattered what the substance is that you use to pursue that goal. You know, I've, I've been through a period of my life where my drug of choice has been pretty much anything you can think of. And with alcohol, it lowers my resolve not to do other drugs. I consider myself an alcoholic as well because I've tried just drinking or just smoking pot or just doing those two things together, um, and it always has led back to other drugs. So it's just like it's never enough, and I think that's the problem. It's like, for me, whatever the substance is, it makes no difference. Thanks for calling with your experience, Taylor. We really appreciate hearing all points of view. And Jimmy, Trevor, Rebecca, thank you. 
And all of you beautiful, sober listeners, please call or write, maybe with thoughts on any topic we discuss. Or we would love a question for the Ask It Basket, like newcomer questions or any recovery topic that might generate a good discussion. Call 212-870-3418 or email podcast at aagrapevine.org. Thanks for staying in touch. Y'all don't be strangers, you hear? <laughs> Y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> Don't be a stranger. Although, Sam, you're getting stranger and stranger. <laughs> Thanks, Don. I'm going to take your inventory on an episode. The Grapevine is looking for your story submissions. Midlife sobriety. Stories are due April 15th, 2023. Share about some of the challenges you've had after 8, 10, 20 years sober. Have you ever nearly relapsed? Did you ever stop going to meetings or disconnect from AA? Have you ever been a dry drunk? How did you get back on track? What helped you may help someone else. Share your story by April 15, 2023 via aagrapevine.org/share. Humphrey, let me buy you a beer. Sure. Ah, I didn't expect to see you here for a while. You said you were going to hole up and finally write that book you're always talking about. Yeah. What kind of book was it? A memoir. I, I was going to start writing my memoir. Only problem is... I can't remember most of it. <laughs> it's really not that funny. Thanks for joining us. The AA Grapevine Half Hour Variety Hour is posted every Monday and is produced by AA Grapevine, Inc. We don't speak for AA as a whole. We share the experience, strength, and hope of members to help others recover from alcoholism. Podcast info, including how to call in, is at aagrapevine.org slash podcast. Find AA Grapevine on Instagram and the AA Grapevine channel on YouTube. All things Grapevine are available at aagrapevine.org. If you want to know more about AA, Google Alcoholics Anonymous and your city or visit aa.org.